everybody to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony Rumfollow. I'm Aaron Rumfollow. I'm Ryan Rumfollow. <laughs> Thanks for leaning in closer to the mic, brother. I Happy appreciate it. Happy to do it. it. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, wow, another special guest with us. And uh, this time in studio, social distancing be damned. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Spinny Side Up himself. Welcome back to the podcast, Hess. Hey, it's good to be back. Thanks. You want to lean back a little bit, though? No, I, no, okay. I'm good. I feel comfortable where I am. And and, and um, you guys might recognize him from all the way back at episode 11. Was it 11? You believe that? I just looked wow. it up. Yeah. Almost top 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what gets you. You know, when you fly helicopters, you're never going to be in the top 10. Uh, oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Well, and I think you're the 11th podcast we've recorded this week yeah. as well. So we'll hold true yeah. to that. What's number. a helicopter? Do you want to explain it that has, for us? It has the spinny side up. Oh, the spinny that's side goes right. up. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's hey, uh, absolutely right. I never understood your right. handle, but now I do, I guess. <laughs> so if you guys don't remember from uh, the first podcast, and, and uh, we follow Spinny Side Up, obviously, uh, oh, yeah. on Instagram, and, and uh, you should as well. Um, but uh, uh, Hess is a, uh, he's a helicopter pilot. And he flies for AirMed mm-hmm. uh, for, <laughs> for the University of Utah um, Medical Center. Is that right? Is it strictly for the medical center or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep, for the, so. the university hospital. Great. And, you know, he's he's humble about it and doesn't think he's as cool, but we think he's as cool. So just as he's an F-35 pilot. Absolutely yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. So and don't you're, feel unimportant. And yes. you're only the 11th person we've had on twice <laughs> on the podcast. I feel honored. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think uh, Hess is the, uh, the third. The third that we've had on is a it couple the third? Yes. Who was the other? Well, oh, Mark Cassara. Uh, we've Marcus had Sarah. Fast On more than once. Right. And that's we've right. had Fast On twice. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so the third. So you made the top three. But yeah, that's right. awesome. But the cool thing is, is he's the only guest that both recordings have been in it's person. In that's studio. right. That's right. So that's cool. So we really love Hess. It's because we I'm really do. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, and, and <laughs> especially in light of everything that's going on in the world right now, um... You know, uh, that I can relate to as like a, uh, what, like a complete shit show dumpster fire. Uh, (laughs) We appreciate you for being, um, I guess the word would be brave enough to be in studio with (laughs) us. On the front lines as well. Yes. works. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should have rethought this. Uh, well, putting our lives at risk, I think, is worth it. There you go. This. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're spaced. We're good enough spaced, right? Yeah. We're all healthy. We're all, you know, we've been tracking everything good. So yeah. Well, and the um, door's open. Yeah. Yeah, the door's <laughs> open. Better close it yeah. so just, Hess doesn't Just to make run. us feel safe. Yeah, maybe we should <laughs> shut it so Hess doesn't get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, Hess, what what you been up to, man? Working. Yeah? yeah. Working a lot. Yeah, with the, the, the crazy COVID thing going on and, and uh, being in the healthcare business uh it's it's the unfortunate upside that uh i haven't been laid off and i still got a paycheck coming in so that's it's fantastic in that regard yeah um but it it kind of sucks to be 
living in these times where you really don't know what the heck's going on. Jeez, I know. Even though you got a pretty strong opinion about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And there are those out there. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely consider what you do pretty essential. So Yeah, yes. definitely. I, I just wanted to chime in, too, that uh, uh, Hess flies the uh, Bell 407 GX. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a sweet helicopter. I mean, it's, you know, glass cockpit. Um autopilot in a helicopter which i'm sure a lot of people don't realize that you know these helicopters these days have a lot of automation that just Mm -hmm. assists the pilot Mm -hmm. um which is really cool yeah i love the autopilot it's fantastic in fact just the other night we went out on an nvg training flight and we did a a inadvertent imc scenario okay and i flew the entire ils approach into tooele uh airport Mm -hmm. um Without touching the flight controls. Oh wow, so, wow. that's it crazy! Flew, it Holy flew all cow. the way down to the decision uh, height, and then I disengaged the autopilot and just started a climb because we just did a missed approach. But, oh wow! Oh yeah, it's that's really. I cool. knew getting into that aircraft, it was a total retirement gig because <laughs> I, I legitimately could go fly for two hours and touch the flight controls for about five minutes to, oh, to take off and land. Wow, it's and, fantastic! And, and that, that's cool. a far cry from when you flew in the military. I just want to mention again, he. Uh, has flew UH-60 Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many years did you do that in the in the military? Um, flying, I went through flight school in 04, and then wow. I retired in 2016. Yeah. Was. So yeah. I flew for 12, 11, 12 years, and then maintenance for the previous 10 to that. So. Wow, yeah, that's right. You were, you were in for a while. And maintenance, you were working on Apaches and Blackhawks or just Apaches? I worked on just Apaches. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... I'm curious, how many hours are you at now? Total flight oh, time. Good grief. That's a good question. I'm probably in the neighborhood of 4,600. Wow. Dang. Okay. 40, is that all? Yeah. yeah is that's that all? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Wow. That's a lot of vibrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. Seriously. And you'll remember from the, uh, the last episode we talked about it, but I was able to join you for about one of those. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, one of those hours, and that was awesome. I oh still yeah, I remember. Yeah, we were talking about that because we had to go out and do a radar altimeter check. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, if you <clears throat> haven't listened to the previous podcast, I was working the line for a company called Tech Air, and uh, at Salt Lake City, at Salt Lake right? City International, and yeah. AirMed has you know a, a hangar there, and uh, has called me up, said, "Hey, I got to take this thing up to do a check on a check ride, and can you go?" And I kind of. It was kind of one of those things where the phone was probably still in the air, <laughs> and I just ran out the door. Yeah. Another situation I didn't tell anyone I worked with. I just bailed, and yeah. I'm like, I don't care what they say if I'm gone. So uh, there were plenty of line guys on the base to Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan? But no, that was a good time. Yeah. So uh, base to Ryan. I'm over Parley's Canyon right now. What do you need? <laughs> so anyway, I would a van ride. Always appreciated that. That was a good time. So. Yeah, I don't I know like if I mentioned it last podcast, but, you know, when I worked over there, we used to fuel the Life Flight aircraft. Yep. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, the King Air had just come in, and they called us for fuel, so I drove over there. And while I was refueling, the, the pilot says, hey, I've got a, another flight. we got to go down to Cedar City. Do you want to go? And I didn't even take the truck back. <laughs> I left the fuel truck by the hangar, and I was gone for like four hours. Yeah, I mean, you got to take those opportunities when they come. You I really mean, do. And yeah. usually, when you're working the line, unless you're alone, like 
they can handle it without yeah. you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's it's one of those circumstances where um, you don't ask first; you ask for forgiveness yeah, later. It's like, sorry, but I'm not yeah. gonna give up on that opportunity. Um, yeah, exactly. So that yeah, that was a good time. And what what model of 407 was that when we flew? That was just the regular straight 407 with the analog gauges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but no, that was that sucker was smooth. I I did a. A uh, little R22 ride with the doors off in Hawaii this last year, and I gotta tell you, man, the the <laughs> difference between flying in a 407 and a Robinson was like night and day. That thing, I was shaking like crazy, but the 407 was smooth. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Our my, our maintenance guys do a top notch job, man. They yeah, they're on it every day. Aren't yep. the aren't the Robinson birds known as like flying lawnmowers? I've heard well, people sound refer, like they sound like it refer to them yeah, like that yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, the 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 low lead, uh, yeah. you know, piston versions are are very. They do sound like a lawnmower when they start yeah. off. I've but, been in a forty four. They, they, they but... do make turbine versions of the Robinsons as well. Yeah, yeah. so the R sixty six. Yeah, it's got a turbine in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, how busy you been? I know you said you've been flying a lot, but I mean. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing if you've been really busy because that means a lot of people need like your service. But how's that been? Um, steady, and and quite frankly, the, when you look at the average across the board, the numbers are actually down a little bit as mm-hmm. far as traumatic injuries because everybody's staying at home. Yeah, yeah nobody's not, driving. Yeah, nobody's yeah, out on the roads. Yeah, nobody's yeah. riding their four wheelers, motorcycles, right. and so there was about a two week stretch where we really didn't do anything. Um, and then I think everybody has pretty much reached the end of their patience and said, you know what, screw it, we're going. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so the uh, the ATV accidents and motorcycles and that yeah. sort of thing, those yeah. those types of traumatic injuries are starting to pick up again. So over about the last week and a half, two weeks, um, it's been pretty steady. Pretty yeah, steady. steady. Yeah. And um, so... <clears throat> What, I, I guess, what's, we talked about this a little bit on the first podcast we did with you. What, what was, what was the biggest, um, it, I guess, adjustment from flying the UH, UH-60s in the military, now, you know, the Bell 407, and now you're in, like, a more advanced version of the 407. Um, what, what's the main difference? Well, people uh, aren't shooting at you. Yeah. People aren't, well, unless you go to right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's Kearns is Utah's yeah. version of South central LA. It's a little rough. <laughs> so I think the thing that, that probably catches uh, my mind most when you ask that question is the difference mm-hmm. between the military and the civilian flying. So in the military through my entire career, there was always somebody sitting next to me mm-hmm. with access to the flight controls. Mm. Whether it was a, a stick buddy in flight school, um, once I finished flight school, I'd fly with instructor pilots. Um, once I went on to become a pilot in command, then I would fly with just pilots. And then I became an instructor pilot myself, and then mm-hmm. I'd be flying with new guys. I always had somebody sitting next to me. And when I started flying the 407, I remember distinctly my first day on the job and the Mm -hmm. aircraft was actually at the airport and I had to take the helicopter from the airport to the hospital to pick up the medical crew. And before I took off, before I even called tower, I was sitting there hovering and I'm looking around inside this helicopter thinking, (laughs) this is my first time in my entire career that I was the sole occupant of a helicopter. 
Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's and, interesting. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of the things where you're like, I better set this thing down and run the checklist one more time just in case I missed anything because this just feels weird. Yeah. Um, and that was about a, a three-minute flight from the airport to the hospital. I landed mm-hmm. and the crew jumped in and I wasn't alone anymore. Yeah. So it was all right after yeah. that. But, yeah, you know, being single pilot, one set of controls, it uh, it's kind of exciting in that mm-hmm. regard, you know, yeah. because you just – you've you've never really been alone in the aircraft right yeah of course i soloed in back when i was a teenager i soloed in cessnas and so it wasn't like i i didn't yeah i've never been alone in an aircraft but right for the duration of my entire flying career as far as people paying me to fly yeah i'd never done it alone and so that was kind of the big difference for me that would be weird wow yeah that is (laughs) weird (laughs) and then of course the difference between flying a helicopter that has a max gross weight of twenty two thousand pounds yeah versus (laughs) five thousand two hundred and fifty in a 407 gx yeah and and single engine yeah Yeah. a little bit different and you kind of look at that aircraft at the 407 you think god i used to carry about half this total weight in fuel yeah you know jeez so, <laughs> so be, being uh, here, we all we all live here in the Salt Lake City, Utah area, and the elevation here, you know, depending on where you're at, it, mm-hmm. it's around five thousand feet. And um, what's the main difference between flying the Blackhawk here and the four hundred seven here, as far as you know, power, performance, altitude, yeah. performance, all that? It, it everything comes back to density, altitude, and, yeah. and quite frankly, the lift equation. Because you look at a Blackhawk, and a Blackhawk has like a fifty three foot rotor diameter, fifty three eight. Mm-hmm. You know, the the four hundred seven is only thirty five feet. Mm. The, the, so it's like the, the rotor blades are bigger. The yeah, I mean, saying. so when <laughs> when you're kidding. talking about d- density, oh, just... altitude, you know, it's it's a lot yeah. more challenging to fly the four hundred seven here because you just you don't have the performance. Yeah, interesting. It has uh, has there ever been a circumstance where you were not able to land to pick up a patient because the density altitude was so high and you no. had to replan something? No, not personally. I think we talked about this last time where we kind of had contingencies where normally the area that I cover is the West Desert. That's uh-huh. the normal uh-huh. normal area of coverage. So it isn't very often that I get called to go up into the high mountains because mm-hmm. we have uh, we have EC-145 uh, assigned to the high mountain area. Oh, okay. And generally, they're the ones that go up there and do that stuff. Okay. Um, but generally, if I get called to that scene that's high altitude in the summer, it's hot outside, um, I could just leave a paramedic on scene um, okay. and then take the patient and a nurse and go. Or I can drop off the crew while they're working on the patient and prepping them for transport, I can take off and go circle around and burn off fuel mm, and then okay. come back and land and pick everybody up and go. Oh, okay. But okay. so far, knock on wood, yeah, I have, I uh, <laughs> I've never had to leave anybody behind. Mm-hmm. Not, not yet anyway. Oh, Interesting. Have you ever, um, this question doesn't normally pertain to f- flying per se, but, um, then don't ask it. Have you, <laughs> have you ever, uh, went on a call and picked someone up? I'm going to ask it anyway, cause you're an ass, but, um, <laughs> um, um, have you ever gone to a call and pick someone up and known the person been like, holy shit, I know that guy or that girl or has that happened yet? Cause I was thinking about that and I was thinking like. You know, what if someone, one of us, were to get in an accident and you fly into a neighborhood boom. and you're like, you're "Wait, like, damn, I know that's this Ryan!" House or I know this car. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, 
halfway. Halfway. So mm. uh, there was one specific that I, I remember we got called to go to a hospital to pick up a patient that the hospital couldn't care for because their condition was worse than what they could handle. Mm-hmm. And I landed, and when I went inside the emergency room, uh, there was a lady there, and she was crying, and, and she saw me, and she came running towards me and gave me this big hug, and I knew who it was, mm. um, and the patient was her husband. Oh. And so that's really as close as flying somebody that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a funny story. Um, years ago, my, my brother lives, he has a house in our coverage area, mm-hmm. and I wasn't on shift at the time. Um, I come in for morning briefing and the night pilot is giving me the rundown of what he did the night before. And he says, yeah, we got called to go on a ATV rollover, but they canceled us en route. So we turned around and came back, which happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it. A couple hours into my shift, I get a text message from my mom and my mom says to me, did you hear about your brother? Well, no. <laughs> What's up? Is everything okay? And she said, well, he uh, he rolled his four-wheeler last night. I said, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I kind of start putting together yeah. some dots yeah. and uh, come to find out that it was my brother that the helicopter was launched on. Oh. But apparently oh. uh, the first responders uh, gave him somewhat of a clean bill of health but still transported mm-hmm. him to the hospital, which... Yeah was an expensive ambulance ride from where he lives but uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah that was wow i thought that would have been cool to be on shift and actually get there and yeah hey it's your brother <laughs> yeah well, hey, well in, bro, it's, it's a good go. thing they didn't cancel him because he was you know dead before they got there <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true is, is that um is so, that what you would say sorry let me just follow right, up on that i'm following quick. up too is that what you would say um if you get canceled and on route it would it be either because the, the individual has passed away or they just got had a little more time to assess the situation and be like, okay, we don't need a helicopter? Yes. Yes? On both? Uh, yes. Okay. And, right. and it also happens frequently that when... Well, you guys are familiar with the West Desert. We got a lot yeah, of mm-hmm. recreational mm-hmm. stuff, sand dunes. And yeah, it's where it's, the salt flats salt are. Salt flats. It's, yeah. it's all out in the middle of nowhere. So generally what what happens is somebody out in the middle of nowhere wrecks pretty bad, and they call 911. And the 911 operator is going to ask them some questions about the patient, like are they conscious, are they breathing, what's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. And based on that assessment... 911 dispatchers will generally start the helicopter en route before an ambulance or anybody else even gets to them. Uh, So if the ambulance gets to the patient before the helicopter does, then the ambulance crew is going to make the determination, this person isn't that bad, we Mm -hmm. don't need the helicopter, and then they'll they'll send us back. Which is good. I mean, it it doesn't bother me any to to blast off and then get turned around en route, because if it was me or my family out there, I would want the helicopter on the way. Oh, for sure. And nobody gets a bill for that. I was just going to ask, who gets the bill for that? Nobody. If if we get turned around, it's... No charge, and it's just uh, part of the the work that it's we do. Part of the routine, yeah, awesome. Huh? Yeah, awesome. Um, do you have a follow up on that? Because I was going to go into another question, and I'm going to go into another question after that. Okay. okay. So you go ahead, okay. brother. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So we we've talked a little bit about the 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 medical side, and and let let's go through like a call for you. Okay. How does it work? What's the routine? Um, you get the call and say, okay, you have to go fly. You're, you know, um, just 
give everybody a rundown of, of how that works and, and, a, and a timeline. All right, so normally it's kind of like being a firefighter. You, you sit around the station, mm-hmm. and I've got the air quotes, station, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you just wait. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this is after the morning you've done a pre-flight when you got there. You've briefed the medical crew on the expected performance of the aircraft, how much can we lift, um, what the weather's going to be. We kind of talk about what we're going to do on scene flights. We're going to talk about what we're going to do on an inter-facility flight. We'll kind of brush over um, what the plan is if we go down for any reason, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a survival plan, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pretty much take the rest of the day off until we get a call. So we, we're dispatched via radio, and usually when the call comes in, they'll tell us, hey, Airmed, our call sign is Airmed 14. They'll say, hey, Airmed 14, stand by for a flight request. And then you'll hear the tones just in case people are sleeping. Mm-hmm. The tones will go off so it wakes everybody up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will say, we have a scene flight request for, let's just say hypothetically, it's an accident on the freeway. Mm-hmm. They'll say, scene flight request for mile marker 18 on I-80. Can you accept the flight? So now I've got to check the weather. I've got to kind of find out what it is as far as the patient is concerned. Not the patient Mm -hmm. age or condition, but more so the weight. Mm -hmm. I need to know the patient weight. Um, And oftentimes dispatch will withhold the weight of the patient because if they tell me eight kilos, then we know it's a kid. But if they say, you know, we've got a 90 kilo patient then you know okay it's an adult and we're good you know Mm -hmm. because they don't want you to make some crazy decision about flying a kid that you normally wouldn't go fly Mm -hmm. so i check the weather um and then i'll just basically accept the flight or turn it down Uh, once i accept the flight then the myself and the crew will move to the helicopter unplug any extension cords or or anything that's tethering the aircraft to the surface um we'll fire it up and we'll take off and start heading that direction then we'll uh, contact the uh, first responders if it's an ambulance on scene. Sometimes it's the highway patrol, uh, local police maybe. Uh, we'll get them on the radio while we're in route, and we'll get an LZ briefing, and we'll get a uh, patient report on what is it that we're going on so the medical crew can either prepare mentally or actually start drawing up drugs and getting things mm-hmm. ready to go. So mm-hmm. once we actually land, they can go and start to injecting whatever goodness they have (laughs) you know um so yeah i didn't know that you actually got to accept or decline the flight because i guess that makes sense because obviously if it's deemed not safe Mm -hmm. whether what you just say i can't that would be tough though like it it is tough sometimes um however I did this on purpose, right by the door that exits our building that goes to the helipad. Mm-hmm. I've got pictures of my kids right by that door. Mm. So every time I leave to go get in that helicopter, those are the last two faces that I see. And so that really improves my aeronautical decision-making. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because good. I'm thinking, if I walk out and I look around and it's thunderstorms and just not good idea yeah. to be flying, then I just think of those two faces and it's really easy to say, you know, I'm not going to go do this. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, they figured out how to get people to the hospital long before they had a helicopter. So yeah, yeah. Right. they can, they can figure it out. I don't, I don't want somebody else's emergency leading to potentially hurting myself or the crew right. by trying to get to a patient that we shouldn't be trying to get to. So how similar <clears throat> then, um, 
Because obviously a helicopter can get into a lot more places than a fixed-wing aircraft. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's um, obvious. But, uh, <clears throat> but how similar... You're an asshole. I didn't mean it like that. Shoot. I remember one podcast I repeated something and you guys <laughs> All right, gave me okay, shit for okay, it. Okay, okay, you're so, fine. Anyway. All right. I'm not um, a good referee. I just want to know that right now. <laughs> well, you've known us long enough. Um, but uh, so so obviously the the landing limitations are different, but how how similar or how different <clears throat> um, and like a Thunderstorms aside, I mean, how how much more or less restrictive are weather conditions for you than they would be for like a fixed wing aircraft? Well, the, the fixed wing guys, they can go IFR. I mean, so okay. whatever's published on the approach chart, uh, and then whatever company they have, they you know they have the GOM that's going to establish whatever minimums mm -hmm. that they can fly with and what have you. For us, our helicopter limitations are three miles visibility and a thousand foot ceilings. Okay, so it's out thousand and three, just like, mm -hmm. just like standard minimums for uh, part one twenty one for or, or for an airplane. Right, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. For an airplane. Sorry. For a helicopter, part ninety one, those guys can go out in a half mile visibility. Right. You know, which is Jeez. to me not a great idea, uh -huh. and really doesn't benefit anybody in the helicopter EMS world because we, when you do that, you have to fly at an airspeed in which you can see and avoid traffic and obstacles. Right. In a half mile visibility, I mean, you're doing 15 knots. Yeah, that's Because, nothing. I mean, Jeez. you might as well go by an ambulance because at least they can probably go a little faster. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, so is yeah. that, um, is that where we, uh, should maybe talk a little about, well, I don't know if we need to talk about it, but the Kobe crash. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah, was, was that was that a situation where you feel as a helicopter pilot that maybe he should not have flown that day, or do you think the weather rolled in and it was kind of like maybe I should turn? I don't know. I'm just curious your opinion. On right, it. and mm. before you give that answer, let me ask you this because this will tie in with your question. So your current helicopter that you're flying right now, um, you said it's got a great autopilot. Mm -hmm. Does it have Jipwiz on it? Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. Okay. The so, hell is Jipwiz? All right. I honestly think that's the first time I've ever heard that. He's so talking about a ground to... proximity warning system. The GPWS, yeah. the yeah. Jipwiz. Jipwiz, yes. okay. okay. I yeah. learned something well, new today. And, and, and Kobe's again, helicopter did not. Yeah, and, you know, Kobe's helicopter was an older S-76, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know what requirements were supposed to be in that aircraft. I mean, mm -hmm. I know what you guys know as far as mm -hmm. what was released, as far as yeah. it was a VFR-only operation. He couldn't have filed IFR to go where he was going anyway. Um, and and I think that the bottom line is, uh, for a from a pilot's perspective, it becomes a matter of pressure. Whether it was mm -hmm. implied or, or actually there, yeah. um, I think mm -hmm. that he just felt this overwhelming pressure that he had to get to where he was going. Like, like in his mind, like, hey, they've got a basketball tournament to be to, and I've got to get them there because I'm the chief pilot, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't not finish my mission. Um, and you know, armchair quarterbacking and and looking back, always hindsight, twenty twenty. Why'd you point <laughs> at me when you said that? Because that's just where my right arm went. <laughs> okay. Because you seem to be the most defensive here. Because I keep, I keep, <laughs> because I keep wondering. You know, did my mom and dad say that? Well, honey, hindsight's twenty twenty, and then they had these uh, two. Yeah. Well, but anyway, but, sorry. Go back yeah. to what? <laughs> no, they were just trying to perfect it. 
because of the mistakes before. Hey. hey. <laughs> Yeah. And then after they had the redhead, they had to have one more because it was obviously it wasn't perfected yet. Well, they had to oh, provide shit. somebody we... to beat the shit out of all the time. They saw the True. redhead. They saw the redhead, and they're like, "Oh shit, we can't stop with this one." <laughs> oh, thank God we're brothers. I'm sorry, Hess. We no, no. really got sidetracked. No, that's so. fine. That's great. Um, you, you know, you talked about whether or not I can accept or turn down a flight yeah. in the medical field. Um, I fly for a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if I turn down a flight, the boss is going to call me and say, hey, because you didn't take this flight, we're not going to make payroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That, that plays no factor. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if, if this guy doesn't get Kobe to where he's going, there might be some discussion later about, you know, first of all, why did you accept the flight? Why didn't you put him in an Uber or whatever? Yeah. Or the other side is maybe they would have said, no, you're going to go because we need to make this happen. Yeah. 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 If you don't fly us, then we're going to use helicopter company B that says that they will. Yeah. And you know, the pressures, yeah, that's too bad if that was it, you know, and I, like, I get it and I understand meaning like, I don't know the pilot. I'm not speaking for him. I don't yeah. want to like disrespect him in any way because we. I just don't know the situation. Yeah, but we don't know the final. You would think yet. if that were the case, you know, that's too bad. If yeah. if he felt pressured to buy his boss mm-hmm. or Kobe or whatever, like you can see what can happen in aviation yeah. when that well, happens. And know. interestingly enough. Um, more than 80% of VFR helicopter pilots that go inadvertently into the clouds mm-hmm. result in fatality. Wow. Really? 80%? Wow. Damn, that's really high. Well, that's and I, crazy. when I used to work at the FBO, I remember more than once, I mean, maybe a handful of times, where a customer was yelling at the pilots because the weather was bad and the pilot said, we have to hold, and I'm literally watching them tell the pilot so i'm gonna have your ass i'm gonna have your job i need to get there and they're telling him look aspen is below the minimums we can't fly into that airport right now and they're just like we'll we'll find someone else and i remember one time the aspen story specifically the pilot's like if you can find someone that will take you into aspen like let me know who they are because yeah. no, there's yeah. no way. Well, you know? and then someplace warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't know, Aaron. The French are assholes. Um, so anyway, but that that would be too bad if that so were the case. For <laughs> the no, salmon but... extinctively flock. What was like that? The, the salmon the, of Capistrano. <laughs> women yeah yeah but but that you bring up a point about pressure and and what you were saying ryan in the fbo because you know they're throwing this tantrum and that doesn't get them and then they threaten their job and that doesn't get them and then they play the do you know who i am card and and the thing is 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 people react differently when they're around people that are of a really high profile Mm -hmm. celebrities you know um especially you know they just they act stupid Yeah. yeah And so I could see almost even like if it wasn't their company or if it wasn't, you know, the client themselves, I could see the pilot putting that pressure on himself as well. But do you think, um, Hess, that if they had the the uh, GPWS on the aircraft, do you think they would have (laughs) lived? The GPWS. Do you think they would have impacted? Because, I mean, it looks to me like they just flew right into it at full speed. They did, yeah. It doesn't appear at all that he slowed down. Yeah, Um, yeah. 
it's it's hard to say regardless of what equipment was on the aircraft mm-hmm. wh- what it came down to was poor decision making well, by yeah, the pilot yes. and yeah, and totally whether agree. whether you have a fancy thing that's going to tell you you're about to hit the mountain that doesn't necessarily stop you from hitting the mountain yeah because he did initiate a climb it's just that after that he rolled it upside down for some reason yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and so whether a ground proximity would have said hey here's the mountain mm-hmm. He, what he lacked was his ability to fly the aircraft. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I don't think that there would have been a system on board the aircraft that could have brought him back from that decision to... Uh, Interesting. Uh, try well, to stay VFR in INC yeah. conditions. Well, yeah. I'm glad, though, that you get, for your decisions, I'm glad that it's like a supportive thing where they like, hey, you know, like... We support your judgment yeah. of going out or not. Oh, no yeah. one's like, Definitely. why didn't you go out or anything? In, in That's the almost, comforting, actually. In the almost seven years that I've been doing EMS with this one company, um, I've turned down, I mean, countless flights for weather. You know, during the winter, you yeah. get yeah. fog and snow. and yep. Never, you... never one time, not one single time has my boss ever called me and said, why did you turn down that flight? Yeah. Not once. Have you... Uh, have you flown a mission or a flight and gotten back on the ground and thought to yourself, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that one? <laughs> Just because of what, what happens. I mean, because you could be all prepared, but yeah. things happen right? no, that, definitely. You, that you don't prepare for. Um, I would say that not in the 407. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I have several stories from Blackhawk days of landing and saying, boy, I don't know if we should have done that. <laughs> well, I yeah. remember the soccer field. <laughs> oh, yeah, the soccer field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have, have another one for us? Because we'd love to hear one. <laughs> I and I know our yeah. listeners would. <clears throat> so. I, got, I got good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I should have been dead a long, spot there. I should have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> and, it, and it probably should have started when I was inverted in a 172 over Bear Lake. But, oh, my <laughs> God. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's how you know, by the way, that you've been flying a 172 upside down too long, is you start to smell oil burning in the engine sputters. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's... that's, Is this uh, an intentional version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was out gaining some experience. (laughs) There you go. I was out learning what not to do. In the aerobatic version of the 172? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Back to the original question of... of (laughs) In the 407, no. I have departed thinking the weather was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again... There's not a lot of weather reporting in the West Desert of Utah. So mm-hmm. the weather like in Nevada and the weather close to Salt Lake City is my really my only two sources right. of weather. So I can a- accept a flight um, guessing that the weather is going to be good and then take off and go mm-hmm. and then see that, well, it's not good. We're going to turn around and go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've done that several times where the, we- yeah. the weather just wasn't going to cooperate. And, and instead of punching into the cloud, I just opt to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, once you start, what's the word, flirting with safety, that's Mm -hmm. when everything can go wrong and in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and you think about Kobe's pilot. He may have had or demonstrated that behavior a thousand times Mm -hmm. and been okay. True. And and it only takes one time Mm -hmm. to really take it all away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, going back to the, you know, uh, terrain warning systems, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, you'd like to think that that those systems would just like you would just want that on. I think your, they'd your be standard mm-hmm. yeah. just because I mean, even if it was just the last line of defense, you know, like 
all of a sudden it just starts, you know, chiming at you and you you know, who yeah. knows if I mean because if you think about it, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when, you know, commercial airliners were run, you know, there was a few mid-air accidents, you know, like that you know, uh, PSA down in uh, uh, San, San Diego. Diego. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the major accidents that really pushed for the FAA to be like, okay, everybody needs TCAS. Right. Everybody. Yeah. And 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 we know that that system works because mid-air collisions are extremely rare these days. Well, and with the ground with proximity airliners. warning systems, too, there are a yeah. lot less yeah. airplanes yeah. Uh, that collide with terrain yeah as well because well, the, of that and, and the military has started to put a- automated systems like an f-16s and f-35s mm-hmm. and it's already saving lives in airframes so um i guess it just comes down to you know what what is you know what what's a life worth because i'm sure these systems are millions of dollars to throw it into a helicopter the 407 um, what, gx what that i think? fly um actually if if I'm in a in a unusual attitude, mm-hmm. I can actually just let go of the flight controls, and the helicopter will level itself. Oh no shit! Yeah. That is if, awesome. If I get some kind of spatial disorientation or just get completely confused about what's going on, I can let go, and the aircraft will just right itself, and then I can just increase the collective, and it'll start a climb. Wow. wow, that's cool. Dang, that's pretty that's awesome. really yeah. cool to know. It's fantastic. Wow. That is. Yeah. And with the Garmin 1000, you know, you have all the terrain display. It's uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. quite frankly, all those years of playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah. Ever since I was well, a little kid. I, I remember us. If yeah, if I were to ever punch into the clouds time. in that aircraft, I could just look down at that screen, and it has all of the terrain, all of the obstacles. If there's big antennas, it puts them on the screen, and I could just play it like a video game, and it would be fine. Wow. Wow, that is cool. That's so interesting. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's cool to know. Like, So if you were ever on a mission, all of a sudden the weather went south really quick, Mm -hmm. you would know that, hey, at least you've got all those tools to make it out safely. Wow. That's really cool. (laughs) Yep, and I hope I never have to. Yeah, no doubt. I hope that I've made a better decision prior to that point. Right, About either not going or turning around or even just landing. Yeah, yeah. You know, just pick a field and land and... You know, next to somebody's house, go inside, have some hot chocolate yeah. or something. Well, in a helicopter, you've got a lot more options to yeah. set something down in a situation like that than, yeah. than an airplane would, yeah. obviously. Yeah. obviously yeah. Again, but um, but yeah. All right. So, is it uh, is it Mil- army military, military is it story, story time? Story again? time. Yeah, I'm gonna sit back. See, I think... I'm gonna sit back, grab a cigar, kick my yeah. feet up. <laughs> yeah. All um, right, the last my cognac. Back right. on episode eleven, I, I huh. I'm pretty sure I told you about almost hitting the wires. Where yes. my, my yes. talk to said, "Hey, do you see those wires?" Yep. I, the the, the wires and the soccer field. And, and the, the soccer, soccer field. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. almost leaving a Blackhawk up in Mosul. That was awesome. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, I listened to a uh, fast story about uh-huh. uh, circling overhead, watching the guys run back and forth from compound to compound. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um, interesting. I'm going to tell you a story that has nothing to do with that. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, I just wanted to have a nice lead in. <laughs> right. Go. We all lean a little closer. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this, oh, is, oh, yeah, we this is about to be good. <laughs> so, you know, in combat, there's a lot of planning. Uh, this mission that, that I'm going to tell you wasn't like an air assault. So there wasn't like four or five days of planning. Usually for these types of, we call them ring routes, where it was almost like just being a corporate pilot or even just a cargo pilot. You're going from base to base, dropping off, picking up, dropping mm. off, picking up. 
um, which takes a couple, maybe three, four hours to plan um, if you really do a detailed plan. Most of us could just throw this plan together in about Mm -hmm. 20 minutes and out the door we go. Um, So we taxi off our ramp and we go up to the ramp where we're going to pick up our passengers and cargo for this mission that we just planned. And the the J3 air guy comes to the helicopter and hands me this packet of papers and he says mission change great <laughs> like, is the engine running oh yeah we're, yeah, okay, we're spinning right. we're ready we got both aircraft there we're ready to go and he hands me this thing and and he says this is high priority and i'm thinking okay whatever everything seems to be high priority in combat <laughs> yeah um and i look at this packet and it's like two pieces of paper that has it has like a little map on it it has a grid coordinate and it has a time and i'm looking at it and he says i need you here at this time you know he's yelling because it's loud and so i put the point in the gps and i look at my watch i'm thinking we gotta go like (laughs) you're not kidding this is priority like we should have left 10 minutes ago yeah um, and so we send another packet back to the Choctaw and we take off and head north in, and this is in Iraq. Then there's, there's no personnel or cargo you were taking. It was just, Hey, be here. We were empty. At this spot. They didn't, they okay. didn't load anything on the aircraft. Okay. We were completely empty, both aircraft. Wow. And I have no idea what this mission is. I just, I'm told I have to be at this point on the ground at this time. Don't be late. Mm-hmm. What's the size of your crew? Four of us. We Four got of you. Yeah, okay. pilot and command, pilot, door gunner, uh-huh. and a crew chief. Okay, all right. Um, and so we take off, and we're we're making up time as we go, um, and we end up landing at what appeared to be like this abandoned airfield out in the middle of northern Iraq. Mm-hmm. And still, I don't know why we're going, but I trust these guys enough that they say, "Hey, be here this time." Mm-hmm. There's. There's not going to be anybody on the ground you can talk to. No radio frequencies. Just go land at this coordinate at this time and then pick up whatever and leave. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Let's roll. (laughs) We found Saddam Hussein! Yeah, Yeah, right? Um, Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's like, damn it, I blew it. So, of course, inside the cockpit, the whole flight up there, it's, it's you know, an hour and 25-minute flight. And mm. we're trying to figure out what, what's going on, really. Mm, I mean, this wow. is really unusual. Um, and we're not really, we're kind of just, let's just go do it, and then we'll figure it out when we get there kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, because you can't really make a plan. They always fall apart anyway. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's in the middle of the night, by the way. It's, you know, one, 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we'd land in this field, and there is nobody around. It's just huge open field, nothing, just dark. And I'm sitting there looking through my NVGs, looking around, like, what are we doing here? Like, this has got to be the worst April Fool's joke of, <laughs> of my life, if this is the case. You know, And an expensive one. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, these vehicles, there were two vehicles, like SUVs, that started to drive towards us. And I'm... Again, I'm thinking, okay, now are these good guys? Are these bad guys? Should we take off? Should we stay here? Put a laser on them? Let's figure something out here. Um, And these cars are, they're not just putting along. They are moving. 
and they kind of screech up uh, probably 20 meters or so from the aircraft and these guys get out um, and I immediately recognized them as friendly like mm -hmm. American forces mm -hmm. um, and I thought okay they're the good guys we don't have to worry about this um, and then the back doors of these SUVs open and these figures start moving towards the aircraft and what I can see is that it's uh, you know like a military age male a sh kind of a shorter female and two children and in the helicopter they get and the special forces guys kind of help them buckle in mm -hmm. and then this dude kind of gives me the circle finger and points like get the hell out of here well, you don't got to tell me twice. I'm gone. Yeah. Okay, right? Because yeah. the look on his face was of highest importance. He, wow. he needed us to go. But I still don't know who these people are. Uh -huh. So we take off and we head back to base and drop them off. And it wasn't until after the mission was complete that we actually got the debrief on what was going on. And what it was was this, this guy was an, an Iraqi that had been cooperating with coalition forces and the local bad guys had found out that he was talking. And so that night, mm. they were going to go kill him and his family. And the special ops guys went in there by ground and was able to extract him from his house, him and his wife and his kids. And we actually exfilled them from oh, northern wow. Iraq. I don't ever know what happened to them. The last I saw them was when they were walking away from the aircraft. I don't know if they've yeah. got a nice house in Michigan now or <laughs> where they are. Who knows, right? But <laughs> they, they have their own 7-Eleven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, that was one of the coolest missions that I had no idea that I was even participating in mm. um, until after the fact, knowing yeah. that, that we had just basically saved this dude and his, his wife and wow. kids. Because they were... They were going to get killed that night, and we went and got Jeez. them. Jeez. Wow. Well, and I'm sure there's a lot of stories of this exact situation where the families didn't make it out. Oh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Man, a lot of trust yeah. you have to have, man, just to be like, you know, go here, and then mm -hmm. you're there, and people are being put on your helicopter, yeah. and you're just yeah. like... Yeah. Well, I'd be more freaked out about trust... the vehicles pulling up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, were, were, were and... you talking to the door gunner the whole time? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh there was no doubt. Up, the, I mean, yeah. the, he's like, okay, I'm ready to smoke these guys. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot when you would land out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're looking for any movement. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you, funny enough, when you talk about looking for movement, I got another, another story for you. Yes. Again, Iraq. This one was on an air assault. Um, again, we never flew during the day on air assaults because, well, I was kind of chicken and I liked the cover of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you. We're going to get this one bad guy. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get him. Like, he is the target. And we're going to land in his yard. So he's got, like, this little garden next to his house kind of thing. I don't know if it's cabbage or whatever he's growing. I don't know. <laughs> Totally, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> totally blacked out. Um, the uh, cargo is full of, I, I carry 10 combat troops when I would go in on these air assaults. Mm -hmm. So we'd have a crew of four and then 10, 10 uh, infantry guys. Mm -hmm. And we're coming into land in this guy's yard. Uh, again, middle of the night. And he comes out on his front porch with an AK-47 and starts shooting into the air because he can hear us. Oh, but he doesn't know that I just landed. Like, right next to him. Like, oh, I am in his yard. Shit. So I'm in the seat looking at this guy shooting into the air. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, he has no clue that we are, like, on the ground right in front of him. Wow. 
Now, under NVGs, uh, all of the inf infantry guys have IR lasers on their weapons. So mm -hmm. you can see anywhere that somebody points their weapon, it's a laser. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. So homeboy's out on his porch shooting into the air. And I'm sitting there looking out my window at him. <laughs> and like six lasers just whoop right up on this guy. It's like Predator. Boom, 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 boom. And just, he just, he's shooting and then he just dropped. And he was done. I mean, done. Like, I think we got our guy. <laughs> see the lasers? That's awesome. I was, it was probably one of the coolest things I saw in, in combat. And Wow. And I'll tell you this also. In my years, I flew a year in Iraq and a year in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. In both deployments, that was the only time I had ever actually physically seen somebody get killed. Wow. Was that one just time? That one just time. That one time. Huh? Yeah. Wow. That one bad guy. And and he didn't have a clue. He was looking towards Allah or whoever, shooting <laughs> up in the air, and just boom, done. Oh my God. Dude, I love it. That's so awesome. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was a capture or kill mission. I mean, they were yeah. out to get him. Or well, for me, it was a land and take off mission. Well, okay, <laughs> true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their mission was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think we kind of know by how it played out. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That's I know that those guys, once they exited the aircraft, I left. Um, and they ended up continuing on with whatever uh -huh. operation, intel, finding, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they ended up staying a couple of days in that area. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome watching that guy get dropped. <laughs> wow. wow. Especially so close. I mean, you're in his backyard. Just right there. And, it's, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was under MVG, so it was kind of like, it wasn't all graphic and bloody like you yeah, would think in a yeah, movie. Yeah, it was yeah. It was almost like it wasn't even real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, huh, he's not moving. <laughs> he's done. <laughs> I think I saw that in Call of Duty once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, were, you, uh, were you ever on a mission where your door gunner just, just let somebody have it or was shooting in a direction because you guys were being fired upon? Nope. Or anything? No, Nothing and if you, if you remember, um, I had mentioned that, that when we were shot at, Usually they were shooting at sound because we were flying at right, night. Right, right. And so my door gunners, uh, they got action with other pilots, and I maybe I was just lucky, but I didn't come home with a combat action badge or a purple heart or a helicopter with holes in it. Yeah, I never did. I was I was lucky enough to that's, to miss all that. That's good though. I mean, so usually when my door gunners were shooting, it was because we were going through the range on our way out on the mission, and we would test fire the weapons every time before we'd go oh. you know, out into bad guy country. Yeah. So we'd fly through the range and bop 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 and. Yeah. Off we went. But it, huh? I never was in a position personally where we were engaged and my door gunners had to return fire. Okay. Um, the the flight I told you about, we were on the aerosol where the Apaches killed those dudes in the trees. Yeah, yeah. Um, my gunners didn't ever get any shots off because, oh. you know, the Apaches pretty much handled it. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the, the Apache gun footage you see, like, that's available oh, yeah. is unbelievable with yeah, those guys. It do. is. Those it's guys. unreal. I mean, it, it is crazy. Um, did you guys carry the, the, the 50 cal or the miniguns? Neither. They were the M. They? they were the M two forty. They were seven six two. Oh, seven six two. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Th those were nice because you could convert them from the door gun with the butterfly triggers on it. Yeah. You could take it apart and put a handle on it. So if we ever went down, oh, okay. the crew chief would actually 
change oh. that to the ground configuration so we could actually oh, shoot cool. it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can't really do that with a minigun or a 50 cal easily. Not easily. Not a 50 cal unless you're Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if you're carrying miniguns, though, most people, they'll yeah. shoot at you for about a half second and then they realize what's coming back. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, they're, they're done. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, just kidding, never mind. We thought you were someone else. <laughs> that's awesome. That is so funny. Um... I was uh, actually just looking on uh, Ramcheck Report, and um, there is a story that uh, the Army uh, UH-60V upgrade, including digital cockpit, finishes initial operational test and evaluation. Do you know anything about that aircraft? Was that being worked on when you were when you were in the military, or um, I know nothing of that aircraft okay. uh, because when I retired, I uh, didn't care to look back. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know that the Victor variant was even in flight testing or uh, even a thing. So but that the, looks a lot like the the cockpit you're showing me. There looks a lot like the Mike model. Okay, so it, it's it's I guess just an upgraded version of the Mike. Yeah. I'm sure because it's uh, well apparently that you know it just just brings it up to more. It's uh, the the upgrade also includes a 10 year service life extension. So. Anyway, um, let me let me read. Buy this for a hundred million, me... and we're going to give you an extended <laughs> yeah, warranty. I know, I yeah, know, right? I know. Seriously. So, so it says that the the Army's UH-60V upgrade package, which enhances the L variant um, of the Blackhawk, but it says part of the upgrade package, the digital cockpit system, um, reached that um, initial. Let's see, on September 2019, says the manufacturer, north of Grumman, on the 22nd of April. Um, let's see, what else does it say about it? It says, the service aims to bring the capabilities of the older UH-60L. Oh, did you fly the mic? No, I flew Alphas and you, Limas. You did fly Alphas and Limas, okay. Um, the UH-60L into closer alignment with its most modern example the helicopter the uh60m which is the mic you just mentioned uh, upgrades include a digital glass cockpit with open architecture to replace the older analog gauges in the uh60l helicopters um cockpit similar um similarity with the with the mic enables a single army blackhawk pilot training program so i guess it, it may be like a cost savings thing too just by upgrading it that way because then you don't have to have as many crew. I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I just saw that story and I thought I'd bring it up with you since we were just talking Blackhawks. But um, Yeah, the Blackhawk is an awesome machine. It never let me down, not one time. That's it, awesome. It didn't leave me stranded anywhere, not once. Wow, wow. And didn't didn't you have a mission too? I think we talked about this on, on the first episode we recorded with you. Something about an engine issue, or was that? Mm -hmm. I did have an engine issue, but yeah, uh, no, no. But what I'm yeah. saying is, it, even with that issue, it still like performed and got you back safe yep. and and everything like that. So yeah. that that was my point on that. Yeah, I love the Blackhawks. They, I live right out by the guard unit out in West Jordan. And it yeah, does my house all the time. And I love it. Time, yeah, I love. I just, in fact, uh, we were talking before we started recording about the earthquake. That happened here uh, just outside of Salt Lake, and Hess actually lived right where the epicenter was, but... Uh, yeah, he when, probably caused it. When, <laughs> when I woke up, <laughs> See what he was doing. I initially thought, because the Blackhawks will, like, 
it'll kind of like shake my windows a little bit when they're coming mm-hmm. in. And, and honestly, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> and then when it, everything starts shaking a little harder and a little faster, I was like, yeah, that's not a Blackhawk. But uh, yeah, so you were saying we wanted to wait till we started recording, but you shook the shit out of your Yeah, ass, how, huh? how was that? It, <laughs> I'll tell you, that thing hit... Uh, what, like just after 7 in the morning? Yeah, well, yeah, I was early. right in the morning. Yeah. yeah, shook me out me of and, bed. Me and my kids had stayed up late the night before playing video games, and so we all went to bed kind of late. Mm-hmm. So I was dead to the world when that earthquake hit. And I've never been diagnosed with PTSD or anything, nor do I feel like I ever saw anything in combat that would lead mm-hmm. to PTSD. Mm-hmm. But when that earthquake went off i thought that we were getting rocketed i like when mm, i came yeah. up out of bed i thought i was in iraq again oh wow it scared wow. the hell out of yeah. me well the something that a lot of people don't talk about when the earthquakes happen which kind of freaked me out yeah is like the sound yeah oh like, yeah my window was cracked and it's it's just like it's like thunder yeah everywhere. it's, it's yeah. like a rumbling and it's loud yeah as, it as is hell. Cause I'm just it's like, like a bulldozer Lord. going through your house oh, it's wow. just crazy it loud is, it is yeah. it's crazy the um for for our listeners you know um for us here in in utah there was an earthquake about what was it about a month ago it was march 16th okay so, or 18th okay i think it was the day after saint patrick's day Okay, so anyway. so it was right mm-hmm. around that time frame. We we had a, a an earthquake that was almost a magnitude six. So I mean, it was like for those of you pretty that live size. in earthquake zones like California and everything, um, you know that's that's a yeah. pretty good shake. <laughs> yeah, if you live in California and you're talking about a five point seven magnitude earthquake, yeah. then obviously you don't care to hear about it. Because Ex- exactly, because it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, but no. And I was just I was just gonna say my 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 wife and I and and, and my son we were in San Diego. Uh, last July when Southern California had a magnitude like 7.1 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we felt it in San Diego. We were on the very top floor of our hotel and like literally like all of a sudden everything started to sway. And, and it, at first you're like, is there a big, big ass truck driving by or something like that? (laughs) But then it's like, we're on the 20th floor. There's no way. And it, I mean, that was the first time that I really felt like, the swaying and mm-hmm. you know the, the the rolling waves of the ground like really making the building shake and and that's how it was like for me when this one hit because i was at home in my house across the other side of the valley uh in draper utah and yeah i mean i was on the third level of our town home and mm-hmm. it was swaying like very yep. similarly how it was when i was in san diego and i was like thank god jessica's not home because she'd be freaking the hell out right now because it freaked her out so bad i mean it was it's scary especially when you don't have you know uh when you've never felt it before Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you know so i've been i've been in a couple of mild earthquakes Mm -hmm. Uh, one was in the dominican republic yeah um and i was i was asleep we'd been out late i would this was when i was in the military my air guard unit we were out there on a drug interdiction mission um and we'd been out drinking the night before, and I was pretty tired, and my roommate was somewhat of a prankster. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I wake up, and, like, my bed is shaking back and forth, but my the top of my head is hitting the wall, <laughs> the headboard. And I'm like, God damn it, Dwight, so- knock it off! And I, and I open what my eyes. What kind of story is this going well, to? Well, that's... Yeah, yeah. But... 
and because I thought he was yeah. doing something yeah, like that just to like be juvenile. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and he yeah. was nowhere around. And I kind of wake up and get my wits about me. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, that was an earthquake. That was the same trip when we had to deal with the um, the cane spider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, you that's a whole other story. story. I think we told it on the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. the only other time that I've... The only time I felt a building sway like that, like you guys mm-hmm. are talking about, mm-hmm. was I was in Oklahoma City, and it was during a thunderstorm. And Oh, damn. The, it wasn't a tornado. They mm-hmm. were straight-line winds. And I remember watching... You know, watching this storm because I mean it was just blowing the shit out yeah, of everything. Yeah. It was lightning, oh, okay. rain, oh, and, and uh, you could see the rain was almost you know completely horizontal. It was it was nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, I started getting this weird motion sickness feeling, mm-hmm. and I pull back from the window. I'm like, oh, I gotta stop. I gotta stop watching this. Well, I walk in. I'm going into the bathroom so I can splash some water on my face. Yeah. And out of the corner of my eye, I catch the clothing in my closet going <laughs> back and forth. I mean, yeah. not just like a little sway. And yeah. and that was from the wind wow. of all things. And so. that's why I don't fly in thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good right. idea. Yeah. Not to, yeah. So. Yeah, there's two yeah. wind shear, you name it. <laughs> Somebody told me that the, the air traffic control tower at Salt Lake International, which wasn't far from the epicenter mm-hmm. of this earthquake, mm-hmm. um, the top of the control tower swayed eight feet. Oh, my God. That would have... Dude, eight oh, feet? Wow. Yeah, that would have been shit in my pants oh, for sure. Man. Well, fortunately, yeah. that tower is it was built. You know, it's fairly new when it comes mm-hmm. to control towers. I wish we could. So heard. hopefully, the engineers were like, "Okay, there's yeah. going to be some good earthquakes around here." I imagine one day. Wish we could have heard like the the controller, like you know, uh, Delta fourteen thirty six turn around. Oh, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm sure that they they went for quite a ride. But oh yeah, yeah. no, I'm glad. Glad you're safe. Did you have any damage at your house? Because you were what a mile from the epicenter. Yeah, a little, uh, a little more than a mile and a half. Uh, the damage that I had was uh, not to my house as far as foundation, but I had like, I had model airplanes come off the shelf and hit the ground. Yeah, and yeah. A lot. Of, I had a shot glass connect- collection that is going to be restarted. <laughs> oh damn! Really? You know that <laughs> they sort all of thing. came off, huh? <laughs> had a mirror yeah. fall off the wall in the bedroom. It didn't break, so oh, that's that was. Good. I, I wouldn't want to be superstitious about the. Yeah, yeah, it, that was crazy. I, I remember that morning because as soon as I got a hold of Jessica and made sure she was okay, because she was actually driving uh, to her office. Uh, that morning mm-hmm. and so she didn't really feel the earthquake which was weird i'm like holy shit did you feel that and what you know and so i was like oh good because she would have flipped out but i remember hearing where the epicenter was and you remember i text you yeah. and i'm like are you still alive or whatever <laughs> it was like the epicenter was like right where you live and uh yeah that was crazy well, i was on full alert and then Ra- like, ryan yeah. started texting too and it's like dude i'm so freaked out did you feel that and i'm like yeah dude that was crazy well it starts happening i sit up in my bed and every and so like i just start to try to remember what to do and and you know it lasts 20 seconds or so and then i remember going down my hall going downstairs because i was gonna go out the front door and my chandelier light is swinging mm-hmm. quite yep, a bit yeah and then the this was the weirdest thing to me i go outside and I just go out in my driveway, and it's dead quiet, because this was a couple of days after they issued the stay-at-home Yeah, it, w- it was, r- yeah. Two days, I think. And uh, I don't know, and maybe you can answer this for me, but I heard one of those, like, those 
uh, alarm air horns. Is that did that come from the guard base? I don't think they have anything like that. Okay. If anything, I think it would have come from ATK or somebody like that. Okay. That's storing rocket fuel and stuff like that. Because I did. Yeah. I, heard, yeah, I literally, no and I'm like, I felt like I was in a movie because we had just been quarantined at home. And then I'm outside, I don't hear any planes, and I just hear this, and I'm just like, holy shit. I'm like, like looking up Harbor for, all over I'm looking up for Russian bombers yeah. or something, you know, but so anyway. Ryan's but, out running around in his driveway. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> Will you put some pants on? Dude, you know, when I, I had mentioned that I had been up late playing video games with my kids and my, my kids' bedrooms, uh, they're down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And so after I was able to bounce off the wall in the bed a couple times and get my footing to run downstairs... I get down there and I, I push their door open and both my kids are standing next to their beds and they have that look on their face. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. And, and my oldest boy says, Todd, I think we just had an earthquake. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. no crap, kid. I just had a heart attack. <laughs> like, of course we just had an earthquake, you know, yeah. and, and they didn't think anything of it. Like, yeah. that was pretty cool. And yeah, yeah it's, I, I wish that I felt the same because now I got to go look and see if there's cracks in the foundation and there's yeah. no gas oh, leak right. in the house. Yeah. And, you know. I know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my kids, they handled it like troopers. That's good. <laughs> it's just a, an amusement park ride for them at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that was. And and I guess the airport was shut down for a little bit just because, yeah. I mean, they have to, you know, inspect the runways that yeah. make sure the control mm-hmm. tower, especially if it's contorting eight uh, feet. One of the eight. terminals flooded. Yeah. Uh, there yeah, was a water that, main that that's busted right. and, like, oh. flooded one of the terminals. That's right. I saw the photos of that. Yeah, that's, wow. They're going to be tearing those down pretty soon anyway, so. Yeah, yep. true. They yeah. probably just put a little gum on it and. Yeah, patch it up yeah. with some chewing hold, gum. Let's Duct have tape. a hold until the new terminal opens. <laughs> yeah, I live in St. George. I didn't feel a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know you did Lucky. Although it was pretty funny when Ryan called me and he was freaked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you were, well, you if, were. If you never felt anything PTSD, like that, man, it does scare you. Yeah, no, I, I don't. It freaked me out. Yeah, it, it would have done the same thing to me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys just, um, do you have any other questions for Hess? I mean, I, is there anything else going on right now, like aviation-wise, or anything else that uh, that you've been doing, any kind of special training or anything? Or have we kind of covered really the operation? Oh, actually, there is one other question going back to my, my question about when you get a call and, you know, that procedure. So... Um, we started kind of going off track a little bit with some other questions, but after you arrive on scene and then, um, what, what do you do when you're on scene? Do you assist in any of the, um, I guess medical side or helping the patient into the helicopter or what, what do you do from that point to when you get to the airport or excuse Uh, me, the hospital? I don't, uh, the pilots have no medical responsibilities whatsoever. Okay. Um, generally when I land on scene, um, if they want to do like a hot load, keep the engine running, then mm-hmm. I stay in the cockpit and they do everything. And I just sit there and hope that the highway patrol uh, mm-hmm. has blocked the road off enough that nobody runs it. <laughs> yeah, house. yeah, really. Yeah. Which if you get on YouTube, there's plenty of examples of that happening. What? Yeah, the people like <laughs> driving into running helicopters. Oh, my Lord. I know of two, actually. One oh. was in South America and then... I can't remember the other one, but one of them was actually hit by a fire truck. The fire truck was oh, pulling oh in. Oh my gosh! The helicopter was sitting there running. The fire truck just turns the corner and hits them. It's like, uh, that okay? <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Um, but uh, yeah. So for the most part, if we shut down and they're bringing a patient back, 
then if they need help loading or lifting up the patient to put them in the helicopter, there's no problem with helping yeah. out there. But <clears throat> I'm not doing CPR. I'm not yeah. starting IVs or anything like that. I. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the movies. We got a bleeder here. Yeah. Come here, you. Come here. Put yeah. your hand here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he just not flies me. a helicopter. That's it. Yeah, and that's that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yes. Do you, do you ever remember uh, growing up your mom telling you to wear clean underwear just in case something happened? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah, ever yeah, get yeah. that story? Let me tell you, that's all bull crap. And here's why. Because when I'm flying this 407, which, as you know, is a pretty small helicopter, yeah. when mm-hmm. the patient is in the helicopter, their feet are right next to me. And I have seen the most horrendous feet. I You can... <laughs> I That's couldn't hilarious. even explain to you how bad some oh people's my feet God. are. Like green and curled toenails and just crusty. Oh my God. And it's just like, ah. Uh. Yeah. So and yeah. I, I don't care what's up with your underwear. You can wear them or not. I don't care. Do whatever you want with well, your if underwear. If you ever have to fly me. My feet are okay. So okay. Don't worry. Well, yeah. Uh, mine are my, well, mine are good. My advice is don't worry about your underwear. Go get a pedicure. Okay. That's. Do something. With or wear your feet. some socks. Oh you, you've heard God. it here. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh. So That's you can't uh, you can't have them flip them around, huh? <laughs> no, because then I'd have to look at their face. Oh, good point. Usually, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to see me. I don't yeah. want. I don't want them to associate their trauma that they just had with this face. You yeah. Know? Hey. <laughs> they're they're, they're laying lift? down. They're talking at you. So you flown helicopters for a while? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what's your name? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a little distracting, I guess. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. It's fun to have you on, man. I know, I know. So, love you know, shit. we have a little more of a history with us just because you, Aaron's on him the longest, but mm-hmm. I worked a little bit, but not as much. Um, there, there's enough for me to go around. Don't worry. I, <laughs> I can be everybody's friend. All right, all right. All <laughs> we right. miss you, man. <laughs> no, it's just a good time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when, when um, you know, Hess and I met um, out at Salt Lake International Airport, that's where we met because we were both mm-hmm. working the ramp, and he was working the, the commercial side, and I was still, like, on the general aviation side. And uh, he'd come over and, you know fuck around in the fbo and you know we just you know got along really well and and i remember the very first time that i had gone over to the to the commercial side for an operation you know for it was for de-icing and i remember hess was like hey you know hop up in the bucket with me Let, let's do this and and i thought it was so cool I remember i had my camcorder with me and I, I don't know what happened to that damn video, but... There's a whole box of tapes we were, in there. Yeah, I know. No shit. It, it, it could be in one of those, yeah. but um, uh, we but were... Who has a VHS player to check? Yeah, I know. I know. But you remember it was a UPS 757. No, um, I don't remember that. Yes, you do. Come no, on. really, I don't. You man, really I don't, don't remember that far back. Come on now. Oh, come on. You know oh, how many boy. drugs and immunization the government has injected into me? I can't remember last week. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, and I was just going to ask, because all three of you, did you all work together at the same point at one yeah. time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hess and I did. Ryan, so, I, I've worked with Ryan, but not with Hess. Well, but we worked a few shifts together because... He was on the Hess was on the graveyard shift, and okay. I worked, I think days, mm-hmm. and every now and then okay. I would pick up a shift. Yeah, I remember 
work in graveyards with you and we'd go to your house. Yeah. We'd leave the FBO and take a radio and, and we'd Hess lived <laughs> Hess just Hess just lived maybe what, about a mile or two yeah, from the FBO. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't so far. We'd be, you know, Getting a sandwich or something at his house, and we're at yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, we we play flight simulator. I remember. We you know, I'm the guns. young new guy, and they're teaching me like, "Hey, yeah, let's do this, and you can do this." I'm like, "All right, yeah. that's cool." So, dude, speaking of the new flight simulator, yeah, have you have you seen the no the videos on that new flight simulator? I haven't, dude. I'm telling you, I, I'm going to have to buy a new computer now because that new flight simulator looks incredible. It's awesome. It's amazing. Just huh. just the videos. If you haven't seen the the pre release footage or anything like yeah, that you to gotta look it, it up dude it, yeah. the graphics are insane amazing Dang. it's insane and and it's gonna cost me about 10 grand probably because <laughs> it's not it's not gonna run on my little macbook yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so i'm gonna have to buy a supercomputer to run that game but wow i'm stoked it's that that game looks awesome that looks cool yeah i mean we, we used to fly that all you remember the de-icing for win air right mm -hmm. okay i do remember de -icing. so you can kind yeah. of okay because after sure I'm like shit. Was it even you? It, it eventually, <laughs> no. It eventually rolled into. What's your name again? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it eventually rolled into me not being in the bucket anymore because yeah. then I just, I'm yeah, just, I got and, to the point where I was like, it's too cold out there. I'll just drive I was the truck. The yeah, and then I was in the bucket, and Hess was down driving the truck. I drive the truck. We and, were on the headset yeah, and had the heater on, staying warm. Yeah, I remember uh, yeah. that. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, that is that is. Um. What a, shit? What, what I mean? What else do we shoot the shit about? This is uh, is there anything that I know I asked you this a minute ago, but um, anything else you want to report on or or um, what I mean? What's the future hold for you? You just just holding steady, doing what you're doing, and and uh, have you ever wanted to fly the 145 or anything, or do you um, just love where you're at with the 407? I really like the 407. Yeah. I know it's single engine, and I know it's not IFR capable, but I'll tell you, Bell is putting out that uh, 407 GXI. Mm. It's an instrument uh, rated oh, wow. uh, 407. Uh, but, uh, man, I really like the GX. I yeah. really do. That's cool. Um, it's easy to fly. The, the emergency procedures in it are they're just simple yeah you know, fly the helicopter yeah that's right. that's right. the best part of it is it's just it's simple yeah um you know the blackhawk had 88 caution and advisory lights that could come on at any point in time while you're flying oh one, one of 88 different lights <laughs> you know in the, in the 407 you know usually if a light comes on you just reset something and turn it back on and it goes out so you're good yeah you know yeah. <laughs> okay that's yeah. fine All right. you know well in the wow. 407 in my opinion it's one of like the best looking pure helicopters mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i mean with the the four bladed main rotor um you know, I mean, it looks like the the classic Bell Long Ranger, but just yeah. updated. You know, right. it just looks yep. so good. I love the four hundred seven. Yeah, me too. The Long Rangers were always yeah some of my favorite helicopters. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. love the look of. It. I used to, I remember sitting, you know, in class in school. Yeah, uh, not paying attention and just trying trying to draw a Jet Ranger <laughs> oh, or a Long cool. Ranger. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I did those a lot. So. Yep. And as far as longevity, I really like flying EMS. It's it's yeah. definitely a very rewarding job because you know you've got in some way you're helping somebody, you know, potentially survive a pretty traumatic yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. incident. You know, and and it's just it's kind of cool at the end of the day that you get to use your skill set, something that you love to do, 
to help somebody else. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I think as long as I am able to continue to pass my flight physical and they'll keep uh, letting me fly their helicopters, I fully intend on staying yeah. right where I am. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get rich doing it, but <laughs> man, it's a lot of fun. It's a well, lot no, of fun. We definitely appreciate what you do, man. Like, uh, I, I won't tell the long version, but I know your the company you fly for actually uh, flew one of the girls I coached after a car accident. Mm-hmm. She's alive because of you guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. she definitely, you know, I coach a high school soccer team and we practice ended and down the street she got hit. And uh, I remember the hel- I got on scene just as the helicopter was leaving just as it was yeah. taken on and I saw that it was air med and mm-hmm. I think I even called you and we yep. told that story yeah. but mm-hmm. you couldn't get me too much information but um anyway like you know I'll tell you the, she would have died for man, sure and the medical crew members that I fly with are they are top notch I mean cool. I've I've seen them bring people back from certain death you mm-hmm. know and oftentimes you know when we do static displays and that sort of thing people often ask do you have two nurses or who do you fly with and we we fly with a nurse and a paramedic and mm-hmm. they, they was always as why do you have a paramedic or a nurse and and my explanation is simple that the paramedic is there to bring people back to life and the nurse is there to keep them alive yeah mm-hmm. um you know and and these medical crew members that i work with are phenomenal they I mean, I've seen things on the side of I-80 that, oh yeah, you know, I, oh, I have geez, seen, I if, if I was to ever have PTSD, it would be because of something I saw on the side of a freeway from a rollover yeah. than anything that I ever For saw sure. in combat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I have seen, I mean, I've seen like self-inflicted gunshot wounds to the head. I've seen people ejected from vehicles that have rolled over because they weren't wearing their seatbelts. Yeah. I've seen head-on collisions at freeway speeds that uh, like kill ooh. six people and two survive for some reason. And wow. you know, it's just like, good God, man. <laughs> it's, well, I know it sometimes crazy. on your social media. You'll just put like wear seatbelt people or something like it's, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it is that simple. <laughs> and I'm like, has must have had a rough night if he's posting this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and really, this the the idiocy that sometimes leads to these fatal accidents. Mm-hmm. You know, you just look at an accident scene and you think, how could somebody have died in this wreck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, oh, they weren't wearing their seatbelt. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. And then you get the people that argue, well, if I was to hit, get hit by a train, I wouldn't want to be wearing my seatbelt because I want to be ejected away from the... Okay, take your chances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take your take chances. chances. The, the five times a year you're going to yeah. be crossing a railroad track. Yeah, yeah right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, it's just it's it, mind-boggling the, the ways that I mm-hmm. have seen people yeah. hurt themselves yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You know? Uh, there was one lady, um, I remember we talked, uh, one time we were talking about how I drive around town and be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I remember landing over there. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> right. There was one time that, that I was, I had landed at the hospital with this patient that was unrelated to the event that took place, but I was waiting, uh, to go down the elevator from the helipad. Mm-hmm. And one of the, uh, off duty medical crew members was there with this lady giving her a tour. Mm. And the lady, um, starts telling me this story. She's like, yeah, you know, uh, I was flown by Air Med. It was about a year and a half ago. And um, she starts telling me the story. She's like, yeah, my my husband ended up getting flown. And then I went by ground. And then I ended up getting flown later because my condition got worse or what have you. And 
She says, it was a motor- motorcycle accident, and we hit a deer. <laughs> and immediately, <laughs> it popped into my head. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't uh, like on this highway down in this area, was it? And she said, yeah, that's exactly where it happened. I was like... Son of a bitch. I flew flew your husband. (laughs) (laughs) I remember getting there. I landed Uh, and I was thinking to myself, man, it's got to suck to hit a deer on a motorcycle. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be awful. I had a buddy that had that happen to him that I worked with. And uh, he was was out for weeks. And when he finally was able to come back to work, I mean, he was still in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and it messed him up. In fact, he... um, uh, he had been driving home from a late shift at work and lived quite a ways. He lived about 20 miles from, from work and on a, on a highway stretch that not a lot of people travel at that time of night. And somebody actually found him and they had determined that he had been, because they, they saw a piece of his motorcycle, I guess, that was still lit or something. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they saw him because he ended up going off the road. And then they saw the skid mark. Mm-hmm. But he had been there for a couple of hours before anybody ever found him. I was lucky. Oh, and, out. Yeah. So anyway. Did they fly, mm-hmm. did they fly him or was uh, he clo- or Do you know? I believe that they flew him into uh, uh, the uh, hospital this southern down in St. George. Yeah. yeah. So. But um, yeah, w- yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. I, I, can, wow, I can imagine crazy. hitting a deer. It's like, w- what a way to ruin your night because there's yeah. no way you're going to see it until it happens. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm told the only thing worse than hitting a deer is hitting a moose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen on a motorcycle. Oh, and the odds aren't very good crazy. there. I guess the moose is just tall enough that when your car takes its legs out from underneath of it, the rest of its body just comes through it the windshield. comes oh, through. Geez. So, I, I don't know. I've never hit a moose before or a deer for that matter. But Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. wow. Yep. Oh, man. Well, that's cool, man. It's yeah. It, it's an honor for us to know you, too. You know? Well, what, what about you really guys? Cool. I mean, what's your future? Where's Where's Ramp Check going? <laughs> oh, we're only going up, baby. <laughs> that's the only way you can go when you're not. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we're really happy with the, the direction that the, the yeah. podcast is going. Um, we're getting a lot more guests, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot more, what you call them, high-profile guests. I mean, shit, you're sitting here in front of us again. So uh, you're actually, your episode has been one of the more popular episodes yeah, when we absolutely. look back at what's been listened to. You know? Yeah, one of the um, most entertaining. And then, If uh, I keep listening to it over and over again, does your numbers keep going up? <laughs> So it was you, that's why? <laughs> oh. So if, if I just put it on repeat, does that Because there is keep... one episode that's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we're... we're, we're um, we've launched on a lot more um, uh, podcasting platforms. Yeah. Um, in fact, we're now on Stitcher mm. as well. I uh, just got that taken or figured just out. recently and, Pandora. Uh, Pandora. Um, um, we're on TuneIn now, and yeah. that's the that's the app that uh, Amazon Prime uses. So right. you can tell Alexa to listen to the Ramp Check podcast now. Whether she listens or not, that's another story. <laughs> oh, she's uh, listening. Oh, oh, she's listening. That's true. Um yeah, I know. Uh, iHeartRadio. I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. platforms now that you can find the Ramp Check yeah. podcast on. So this is growing. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but um, uh, we are planning on launching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. coming very, very soon. Um, 
whether you're going to see our ugly faces on every <laughs> podcast on YouTube, that's to be determined. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, see it's a that. certainty. You have to put your face on there. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> oh wait, it's, that's it's right. YouTube, it's YouTube, not, not oh. them too. <laughs> Them too. But you know, and, and, and we, we've been having a lot of fun with the the ramp swag too. You yep. know, um, mm-hmm. just throwing out all kinds of you know different designs and designs that people are like, hey, I'd, I'd love to see this you know aircraft you know on a T-shirt or on a sticker or whatever. Yeah. So where's the love? Here's the deal. So my girlfriend says, you know, I want some of those uh, yoga pants with the 407 on them, and I was like, I got you. So I pop onto the ramp swag store. And I do a search for 407, and guess what comes up? Not a damn thing. <laughs> no, that's not true. So, wow. So I send a message over my good friend, Aaron Rumfollow, <laughs> and I said, Aaron, dude, what happened to all the 407 stuff? And he says, oh, I've been doing some rework stuff, but I'll tell you what, if you want an F-35 or you want an F-32, <laughs> that is not what I said. You, can get, you can get diapers with an F-35 on them. <laughs> But I can't find a pair of yoga pants with a 407 on it at all. So 20 minutes later, he starts flooding my phone with samples of, how about this? How about that? And next thing See, you know, I hooked him next up. thing you know, it's on the store. But it had all been removed because the helicopter guys can't get any love. It, listen, anybody can land on a 12,000-foot strip of concrete, okay? Dude, I'll tell anybody. you why it was gone. The shit just doesn't sell. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's only Don't. one guy buying it. <laughs> Yeah. And he's not a rich EMS pilot. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have just as much love for our rotor wing pilots yeah. than our fixed wing. Yeah, we looking really around do. here, I can see that. Yeah. Well, you're here. <laughs> hey, look at that. Hey, look, a whole there. feature right here. Yeah, look a at whole this. feature. Chuck, this helicopter hat right here. Yeah, look yeah. at that hat. That, right there. Yeah, that, that looks fairly new. You brought us that today, <laughs> but... Uh, um, no, you guys got some sweet memorabilia in here, man. You got a lot of cool stuff. There's no doubt. Well, and I think yeah. once we launch the YouTube channel, we'll do a, we'll do an episode dedicated yeah, to going through go a lot through of this lot and of uh, and showing people. But um, you know, I told you I was uh, going to spend ten grand on that computer to play flight simulator. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it just crossed my mind that maybe that money would be better spent going down to Texas and hooking up with Chris and going for a flight. In oh, hell <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Oh, Do you yeah, imagine? I know. Yeah, oh, I know. Because we do uh, we do auto rotation training down at Meekum Field outside of Dallas Fort Worth. Oh, uh-huh. so I'll probably be down there next February, and I wonder if dude, I might just give him a call. Connect and be like, with dude, him. You I, should. I, he loves hey, flying. You I can mean, tell dude, by are, listening to him. You can tell pilot, he yeah. loves to yeah, fly that absolutely. thing, man. Yeah. yeah, he'll take you up. In he it. loves and, that. And since he's gonna rent it, that means I only have to pay half the cost because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's something in the FAR that says that if you rent an airplane, you can't charge your passenger more than half the operating cost. <laughs> Did you hear that, Chris? Yeah, yeah Chris. <laughs> there might be. I'm, I'm, pro- I'm sure he has a workaround. <laughs> there, there just might be. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that's funny. oh man i love that interview you guys did with him man. it was good yeah he was. <laughs> that was funny we yeah, he's yeah great. chris is so cool there's gonna be some other good ones coming out yeah that you'll, yeah the uh, acrojet who he's like oh you guys need to record with him well we we did this week and we haven't dropped the podcast yet but uh Oh my God, that was a good one too. Dude, he's, it was yeah. so he's got so many stories about how, like, how he got his call sign and beer farts and. <laughs> so I have to say, when we when we talked with Acrojet, uh-huh. that was the first time I ever heard the term "greasy beer fart" on the Ramp Check podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's 
There's um, a good preview for that episode. Yes, that's all I'm going to say about that because the story is even better. Is that what you're going to title that podcast? <laughs> Greasy Beer Fart? Probably, you know, probably know. not. Probably not. Let, let the people get the surprise once they listen to it. Yeah, exactly. So but, uh, but yeah, we've got some other things we're working on too, Hess, and, and we really appreciate you coming on here. Hanging yep. out with this. I mean, we need to do this at least once or twice a year, you know, just to get you on here. And, well, that frequently, and, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. It'd, it'd be fun. You know, and... and Anytime oh. you'd like, actually. Let me just say that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously. I mean, we can talk about, you know, current events. We can talk about, you know, whatever. It's always good having another Av Geek mind with us, you know, when we're just shooting the shit. That, that's the one thing that we love about the podcast is it's just like we're all just sitting here cracking open some beers and mm-hmm. and talking about whatever the mm-hmm. hell we want, you know, because we all love aviation. And all of our listeners, you know, they're the same way, you know. You know what would be really, love, yeah, you know be really, really cool is um, if we could record an episode of the podcast, like, from the air in a helicopter. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would <laughs> Do you know cool. anybody that might be able to help yeah, us out I with that? I, I don't know. Do we have to be almost dead, or can we be... No, I think this would be more of a leisure... Well, Just make sure your feet are clean. Having a... <laughs> yeah, make sure your toes are in order. <laughs> having already discussed the rental fee of uh, Chris's airplane, <laughs> I bet we could get a 407 for maybe 1500 an hour or so. I don't know. Hey, hey. We'll that's see what cheap. we can do. That, that's worth it. We all go in on it. Why the hell not? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Can't yeah, we get, I like, an R-44 for less than that? Yeah, but you don't want to fly an R-44. No, we want okay. a 407. All right. I've been up in a 44 anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I, I've never been in a Robinson. Yeah. Now, I've, yeah. I've walked up and looked inside of one and immediately said, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, with the doors off yeah. over the mountains I, of Kauai was yeah. pretty, I mean, it was awesome. I'm but telling it was you, a little intimidating. I would rather go bobbing for Snickers bars at the sewage treatment plant than hop in an R44. <laughs> I'm listening. I ain't. Mm-mm. Well, when you're used to Blackhawks and glass well, cockpit yeah. 407s. Fortunately, you know, the yeah. uh, fortunately the Ramp Check podcast is not sponsored by Robinson Helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I know. And apparently, it never will be. <laughs> or um, at least I won't be sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. You guys still have a shot. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Seriously. So, Hess, if you want want to grab some more followers on Instagram, if people want to follow you, where do they find you at? They can find me at Spinny Side Up. It's pretty easy. Simple. And, hey, I'll tell you, it's funny how you're talking about people getting their call signs. Do you want to know how I got that Instagram? Because I never had Instagram before. Right. And I was at work one day. And uh, the flight nurse was talking about Instagram. Uh-huh. And I said, what, what's Instagram? <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> oh, about? No. I had no idea. This was probably, I don't know, five years ago, uh-huh. four or yeah. five years ago. Yeah. And sh- she said, it's this thing where you share pictures. And she says, it's so much better than Facebook. And I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of things better than Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really sold yet. <laughs> but she says uh she says yeah just sign up and so i put in my email address or whatever and i said what what kind of nickname should i use yeah and she says why don't you try and see if uh, spinny side up is available i said okay and so i typed it in and boom spinny wow. side up yeah, was huh? born just like wow. that wow well there you go out of dumb luck yeah. nobody was uh Nobody was uh, out there picking spinny side up for all these years. Wow. Go figure. 
Well, that's and good. that came from you said a flight, a flight nurse. nurse yeah. Oh wow, she was like, try spinny side up. Helps you remember to land spinny side up always. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, let's hope. And it's even a good if thing. you even if you crash, you want the spinny side up. That's <laughs> yeah, true. good point. I mean, no matter what you do, it should be on the upside. <laughs> well, there you have it. Spinny side up on the Instagrams, kids. Give them a follow. Yes, um, and he'll have to approve it because he's uh, it's yeah. set to private. Yeah, I can't share any of your photos easily because it's set to private. It doesn't allow me. So, oh really? Yeah. Well, see, I don't even know these things. Yeah, yeah. If, if you said, <laughs> look, I know what to do when the engine quits well, in the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that other stuff, I don't know. Well, there you go. I had to have a flight nurse tell me about Instagram. I had no idea. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, if, if you, if you set your account, I mean, if you set your account to just public, then people don't have to request to follow you. They can just follow you. But that's but you, when all the crazies start well, coming but, out of but, the woodwork. But and that's when the horse. <laughs> that's when the horse. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Sorry. Here we go. Tommy boy. One time back in the war. But, uh, I mean, you can still delete people and block them if, if you got people following, but. But and the reason I said what I did because some of your photos, you know, I want to, uh, you know, repost them, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I have to like screenshot it and then edit and then you know a bunch of things. But yeah, if I could just which reminds me, I've got to send you the bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, felt like a little copyright infringement going on there. The I'm bill not... is at zero because I don't share any of your shit because it's too hard. <laughs> All my pictures are taken with an iPhone anyway, not yeah. Your... Twelve thousand dollar camera. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, my pictures. I got, I got that new drone that I've been doing some stuff with. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah, cool. There's man. a lot of cool sunrise oh, helicopter yeah. pictures. Yeah. I guess I don't know. It's always a sunset. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> Hey man, we're all oh inclusive God. here at the Ram That's Check right. Podcast. That's right. We're That's all right. Awesome. Exactly. Well, and your Instagram does get a little more interesting when you go on vacation, too. It does. Yeah. That's because I don't know what else to do on vacation. <laughs> well, it's actually cool. He's, he he uh, posts pictures on his Instagram of wearing. You know, 407 ramp swag shirt. So that's right? cool. Yeah, on the beach. Yeah, that's yeah, right. On yeah. the beach. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, got that. And uh, and your your videos and photos that you do with the drone are really cool. With like, you know, flying around the helipad and, you know, some of those things. That, that's really cool stuff. Yeah, so make it easier for us to share. Yeah, follow. Would you? Ask Spinny Side Up. Anyway. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Go follow Hess, guys. Well, and thanks, uh, thanks again for sitting down and hanging out with us for a little while, and thank you for the uh, for the Air Med swag. That was awesome. Yeah, You're welcome. Really cool. appreciate it. Anytime. Yep. yep. So, all right. Well, uh, I think this about wraps up another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. Don't forget, everybody. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast now. In fact, instead of me listing them all off. Yeah. Uh, why don't you DM us on Instagram at Ramcheck Global yeah. if you stumble across a podcast platform that we're not on? Um, if you're uh, if you're a little bit technically challenged and you don't know how to use a podcast app or find them, of course, you can always go to our website www.rampcheckglobal.com. There's a link to the podcast right there. In fact, you can listen to it in the browser mm-hmm. while you're shopping for ramp swag, and you might be able to find some 407 ramp swag in there too. <laughs> there is. Uh, well, now. <laughs> Well, there are things that, you know, people put requests in, and then they go on the website. Yeah, you remember so. that shirt I was wearing on the beach? It's not, <laughs> not on the website. It's not on there right now, I know. 
Well, I had to I had to redo a bunch of stuff, so it's it's on the list. It will, all you, it will all the fighter jocks out there are getting the special treatment right now. <laughs> all, all you have to do is mount a gun on your helicopter. You'll be good to go. You'll get all the attention you need. Probably more than There's you UH-60 want. There's UH-60 stuff. I'll yeah, get more 407 stuff right. on there. Um, I promise. Will don't now. Want, now it's just out of sympathy, though. Now well, I don't want to cry now. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Now you're acting like a woman. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just going to go post some pictures of the sunset and think about what you've said. <laughs> just just kidding. Just, I'm totally kidding. Oh, my God. And uh, don't forget, you can get the latest in uh, aviation and aerospace news uh, on our news website, which, of course, is rampcheckreport.com. Also accessible through rampcheckglobal.com. Aaron. Jesus, I feel like I've... Anyway, uh, where can people you find like you on social media? You're all, <laughs> you're you're all, all laughing so hard. <laughs> Tony's uh, doing the, the neck bob like a flamingo eating shrimp, for God's sakes. Um, so you geez. can follow me at Aaron Rumfollow. Uh, of course, uh, at Ramp Check Global for all the aviation... Uh, you know, geekery that you can handle, <clears throat> uh, photos, videos, uh, ramp swag stuff, but, uh, minus 407, but <laughs> <laughs> no, there's 407 stuff on there now, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So what about you, Ryan? Um, you can follow me at rum, follow me. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's all we got for today. Is that right? Oh, screw you guys. <laughs> um, Thanks oh again, Hess. Too you... bad we didn't have the Zoom running. Today. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you really stand on one foot? <laughs> Only my left. Um, you can follow me. <laughs> This is why. Well, this is why you guys need to get on YouTube. So I know you're oh, right. People man. need to see because all you're gonna hear is a bunch of laughter, and you're not gonna know why. I know. What the hell are they doing? Oh this is, man, you gotta get it rolling, man. Yeah, I think so too. Oh man, um, you can find me at T Rum Follow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my personal Instagram. All the rap check shit is rap check. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Should I just get the send off? Thanks again to Hess. And uh, we'll hear from you. <laughs> we'll, you'll hear from us soon. Good day, everyone.